Amen. That's really good stuff. You know, in 12 days, I will be leaving here with a group of 10 men from GT to join that man in Honduras. And we're going to help to accelerate one of the projects. You know, again, as Selena said, your giving makes an enormous difference in building Bible training centers and churches in a country like Honduras. And we'll be going down to put the roof on a church and to put the floor in a church so that we can accelerate what God has already started. There's already a pastor there ready to go, ready to begin to develop a church in the jungle that we'll be in. So we leave in 10, uh, 12 days. Keep us in prayer. I'm sure we'll say something again next week. But man, it's so good to be with you today. I'm excited for what, um, what God has in store for us on this day. We welcome you to church. Uh, welcome on our, our GT Live audience. If you're joining us through the lens somewhere, uh, maybe you're just at home and you couldn't make it in today, or you are traveling and uh, joining us as well, we're so glad that you're here. And at the end of the service, uh, Pastor Selena will actually give you some instructions if you're online for how you could still be engaged in what's happening here in this room. So as Selena said, uh, our primary hope for you, uh, our, our goal today, if you are not already connected in some kind of group at this church, our goal is that we could help you uh, take that step. You're going to get dismissed a little bit early today from service and be able to wander around in the, both the, the Discipleship Room 101 over here and all across the atrium. And you are going to have the opportunity to visit with group leaders and sign up for a group that's a good fit for you, the time, day type of group and all that. So I'm excited for that. And my, my hope is that what I share today from my heart is going to compel you to want to do that. Um, I also believe that God has a word uh, for a few of you in here today that maybe is unrelated to the, the, the primary purpose of the service, which is the group link, but I believe that uh, there's something that God wants to say to some of you here today that maybe has some very specific and personal application in your life. So I want you to lean in today and see what God might say to you uh, through his word. So last time we had group link in January, it was about eight months ago, and I was on the stage again sharing a message about the importance of being connected. And I closed that service uh, eight months ago with the image of the Redwoods in California. They're going to throw up an image behind me. Uh, many of you are familiar with these amazing um, freaks of nature, really, these trees that stand so tall. How many of you have ever been there to the Redwood National Forest? Many of you, yeah. There are a lot more at nine that have been there, too. These, uh, it's on my bucket list. Someday I want to see them. Uh, some, some of the little facts about these redwoods, they stand, some of them stand over 350 feet tall. That means that if it was planted at the one end of a football field and it fell over, it would actually fall over and extend beyond the end zone of the other end of that football field. They are huge. Uh, the, the tallest one, is actually, a lot of these have names because they're so big they are named. Um, the tallest one is called Hyperion. Um, it stands at 380 feet tall. And it's so significant that they actually don't even reveal its location for fear that it might be damaged or somebody might do something stupid um, and destroy it. So, but this, these trees weigh over 3 million pounds. It's amazing that they can stay upright when they weigh that much, right? But part of the reason I shared this image last time was part of the reason that these trees are able to stand so tall is their root system. If you go to the next image, you'll see that many of these redwoods have what you might call an interlocking root system, where what they do is they actually provide one another strength below the ground. 
below the surface, below what you can see, is where lies their strength, where they interlock with one another. These are not, these are some redwoods, others do the same thing. And that, that interlocking, that interconnectedness is what produces the strength and stability to stand, even through high winds and bad weather and drought and dry season, wet season, all of the different kinds of elements that nature might throw at these trees, they stand. And I said in January that those trees in, in many ways bear a likeness to our lives where life throws a lot of circumstances and winds and elements and waves and surprises and unexpected difficulty into our lives. And one of the ways that we are able to stand through those things is because of the interconnectedness, the interlocking that we have with other believers and other Christians who want to do what we do in our life and honor Jesus. And um, so today I want to I want to kind of extend that image a little bit and talk about, as Selena said, a word that in many ways has has kind of been kind of a little passe. Uh, the word fellowship, and really the word fellowship, I don't know that you hear it much outside of the church. It's very unlikely that somebody at work tomorrow is going to ask you if you want to go have fellowship at the lunchroom. That's probably not going to happen, right? And you might even think them odd if they said that to you. Yet most churches in America have or had a place called the fellowship hall. In fact, I was in one yesterday. I helped to prepare breakfast for the Wyoming football team. My son plays football. And I was up at 6 a.m. and we were at a church over in, in um, Old Wyoming and they had a fellowship hall. What is it about fellowship that has been so important inside the church, but yet not even recognized or noticed outside the church? I want to talk about it today. I want to talk about a couple of the benefits that I believe are essential for you and for me to have fellowship, to have interconnectedness, or to have proximity with other believers. Because some of the things that happen when you're in fellowship, when you're just in community with each other, when you're together with other believers, some of the benefits are very direct and very overt and very intentional. We talked about that last time, about the accountability that happens when you're in fellowship with other Christians, the, the, the growth spiritually, studying the Bible together. Those are all things that can happen in the, the fellowship of believers. But I want to talk about some things that I, I think are are things that happen maybe below the surface a little bit or are somewhat intangible in the way that God can grow your life and build your life and sustain your life through the fellowship that God wants us to have. I believe we're hardwired to be together with other Christians. And it's gonna be framed around one verse in the Bible. It's gonna be on the screen if you wanna jot it down. Proverbs 13, verse 20. And I'm gonna use this verse and kind of Look at it as it relates to fellowship and the benefit of fellowship. But I would say to you, if you are a parent in this room and you still have children living at home, can I beg you to use this verse I'm going to share today in your parenting? Uh, many of us as parents, I have three children at home, uh, junior, freshman, and a second grader. And your children need to make wise choices as it relates to the friends they will choose to spend time with. I won't use the word fellowship with their friendships, but it's the same thing. And as a parent, you need to talk about this verse and explain to them and use it in your parenting to help them understand the gravity of their friendships. It says this in Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but the companion of fools 
suffers harm. Let me run it back again. He who walks with the wise grows wise. So there's, a, there's, a, there's something that happens when we are in proximity with wise people that it allows us and causes us to become wiser. Conversely, the proverb says, but the companion of fools suffers harm. Some verses say comes to ruin. And I'm sure every one of us in this room have seen the effect of a friend, a young adult child, a family member, cousin, whatever. You've seen the effect of somebody walking with those who are foolish. And as a result, they ended up making decisions that likewise were foolish. Can anybody relate so far? Not if you're with me, all right? And so I want to look at this verse from two perspectives. The first half, he who walks with the wise grows wise. And then the companion of fools suffers harm. The first benefit of, the, of fellowship that I want to talk about, again, this, this intangible quality of fellowship, being together, maybe not even with specific purpose to study the Bible, but just being together, sharing a meal together with other Christians, going on a walk, running, to whatever it is, like there is some kind of transfer that can happen between believers that is below the surface that can buffer and strengthen your life. The first one is this. I believe that fellowship reinforces focus. Let me explain this a little bit. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, but you've been a part of a sports team or a club of some sort. Maybe you've been in a, a hunting club, a fishing club. You're in a group of guys that goes golfing. You're, you're, you're in a knitting club or a crocheting group or you're in a book club. How many of you, by show of hands, raise your hand on this. How many of you do fantasy football? Some of you do fantasy football. When you're connected with other people who have a similar interest, and when you get together with those people, it has a way of reinforcing your focus on that shared interest, right? Like, I love to golf, and so when I get together with other golfers, it reinforces my, my passion for the sport. This happened very acutely for me in college when you think about how it can reinforce your focus. When I went to college, I went to a secular university. Some of you know this, but I went to a, a college in Atlanta, Georgia. I was an undergraduate in science and biology. I, this was way before God spoke to me and called me to ministry. And in my freshman year, I pledged a fraternity. Now, if, yeah, some of you are chuckling to yourself. If you've been on a secular university campus, you're probably aware that most fraternities are not designed to help a young man grow in his faith in Jesus Christ. <laughs> Understatement of the year, right? They are not built to help someone grow in Christ. In fact, quite the opposite. And as I was spending time, again, they didn't use the word fellowship, but as I was in community with these young men in this fraternity, I started to notice that the way I talked would change a little bit, the way I thought would change. The, listen, the way I viewed other people changed. The way I viewed women changed. All because of my proximity to people who had a certain interest. And then that was redeemed for me in my junior year when I got involved in a small group Bible study in a dorm room with other baseball players who together had the desire and the purpose of growing in our faith in Jesus Christ. And when I started to be in proximity with, not with the fraternity, 
guys who were smoking pot, getting drunk, and all of the other things that go with that. But when I started to be in proximity with those who wanted to honor Christ and his lordship with their life, things began to change in me. Some of it was very intentional, and we studied the Bible. I read the Bible daily and all those things. But there again, there's an intangible transfer of, of life that happens when you are simply in proximity with other Christians. Can I get an amen in this room? And I believe this. I believe that proximity eventually leads to affinity. And every, we have all seen this in our lives with, again, young adults and teenagers where you've seen a child or a young adult get, get connected or get wrapped up with the wrong group of friends. And they start to dress differently. They start to interact differently at home. They start to talk differently. They start to use different words. They start to do different things and make different decisions, all because they started to fellowship with a different kind of child, with a different kind of people. Listen, proximity affects affinity. And the people that you choose to be close with will eventually affect who you are as a person. The Bible says, he who walks with the wise grows wise. On the other side, the companion of fools suffers harm. And there are a lot of ways in which you and I need to avoid what happens in the world, the, the relationships, the, the ungodly advice that can happen from relationships we have in the world. Not only, so the second thing is this, not only does fellowship reinforce our focus on Jesus and his lordship in our life, fellowship with other Christians, but I believe that fellowship with other believers produces endurance in our lives. Many of us in this room have known someone, or through, even throughout the course of time, we have known that people tend to want to throw in the towel in their faith in Christ when life gets difficult. When circumstances become overwhelming, when somebody loses a job, when you can't pay the bills, when a marriage fails, when a spouse says it's over, when somebody you love becomes sick and God doesn't heal the way you thought that he would heal. Many a Christian through the course of time has thrown in the towel because they were trying to survive those circumstances alone. They didn't have the interlocking root system below the surface with other believers that would produce perseverance in their life. They had the world influencing them, telling them, you know what, where is your God? How come God didn't touch that person? How come God didn't provide that thing? How come God didn't save your marriage? And they got the world whispering in their ear. They got the enemy whisper, 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 speaking to them, telling them and persuading them. Listen, if you got the world in one ear, why don't you get another Christian in the other ear, friends? Because there's many a Christian who has decided to stay the course in their faith. Because they had another believer come alongside of them, standing with them in the gap, standing with them in the hard times, standing with them when they were sick, when their marriage was failing. They had a believer, a Christian, a fellowship group that was cheering them on saying, you know what, God is faithful. God is good. God will sustain you. Even if this doesn't work out, God is with you through the difficult times in life. How about, friends, we get somebody else speaking in our ear? One of the relationships in, in the world that I think requires the greatest amount of endurance is obviously the marriage relationship. 
And I've said this before from the stage, I've been burdened probably this entire year, probably since December, over the marriages in our church. I believe marriage is designed by God. It's, a, it's his establishment. God created marriage. This isn't a man-made thing. He made it. He designed it. And he also designed it to be a reflection of the relationship between Christ and the church. We are called the bride of Christ, church. Amen? He is the groomsman. And so there's something special about the marriage relationship. And we all know that if you're going to be doing the death till us part, marriage requires endurance. Can the married people say amen? Right? One of the things that has burdened me lately is that I've seen married people taking counsel from the ungodly. Again, Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. And I've been working with couples over the last probably six months where, where somebody's coming to me and they're heartbroken because their spouse is getting counsel, getting advice, getting input from people at work. People who are not making it their aim to follow Jesus Christ and surrender to his lordship in their life. People who could care less about what the Bible says, what the word of God says about that person's marriage. And they're giving them advice and telling them what they should do. And you deserve to be happy. And you deserve this. And your husband this. And your wife that. And you know what I'm talking about, friend, right? They're listening to the wrong voices. And the proverb says, if you walk with the wise, you will grow wise. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. And great harm is being done to marriages, not only in this church, but all across this world. Because people who should be turning to fellowship with believers, who should be looking to other Christians for counsel and guidance and strengthening in their marriage, are turning to the world. Why are you looking to the world to counsel you on something that God made and God did in your life? Amen, church? And your proximity with the world will create affinity with the world in your life. If, you're, if you are in a stressed marriage relationship, I'm, I'm saying this because I love you. If you're in a strained marriage right now and you, you're the one getting advice and counsel from people who could care less about your faith, my word of advice to you is run away. Not from your spouse, but from the person who is advising you that way. I would also say, again, Selena will be out here in just a few moments to give you instruction about all of Group Link. But if you have never taken our couples class, I would, I would encourage you to consider signing up today. You can visit. There's some groups over here in classes in 101 today. Uh, my wife's been leading the couples class for about 15 years. Many people take it more than once. If you're seriously dating, engaged, or married, and, and you want to grow your relationship with that, your, your partner, man, Take the couples class. You will learn some radically transforming truths that have the potential to make your relationship everything you've dreamed it could be. Fellowship reinforces your focus on Jesus and his lordship in your life. And fellowship produces endurance when you need it the most. Friends, I, we cannot urge you enough to take a step today to get connected. The last thing, the bottom line is this. And Selena's going to come. The bottom line is this. He who walks with the wise grows wise. The companion of fools suffers harm. Paul wrote this in 1 Corinthians 9. He said, he's talking about the race of our faith. And he says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. 
Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But friends, we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Bottom line is this. Fellowship reinforces my focus on Jesus Christ and his lordship in my life. Again, the right kind of fellowship. Not with the world, but with the body of Christ. Fellowship produces endurance and perseverance in my life. And the bottom line is this. The one thing we want you to remember is that fellowship fuels followership. Your ability, your desire, your passion, your your hunger, your appetite to follow Jesus Christ, to passionately pursue him and his lordship in your life will be fueled by your fellowship with other believers. And that's what Selena wants to talk with you about today. Did we determine if followership is actually Absolutely, 100% a word, word, yes. Are we sure? In fact, I will show you if you're going to question that. Because um, you he asked. Brought, he brought it up. No, you day. brought like, it up. Is that a word? I don't think I got a text message after first service that showed me the dictionary.com definition of followership. Y'all need to know this was saved to his screen ready to go. I think he knew I was going to call him I'd be him contested on, on that, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, fellowship fuels followership. God bless you. Thanks. Thanks. All right, let me ask you all a question. By a show of hands, how many of you own a piece of exercise equipment? Whether it's a treadmill, elliptical, weights, you got Bowflex still from 92. Raise your hand. Okay, keep your hands up. Keep your hands, and now keep your hands up. I'm gonna ask you another question till I finish the question. How many of you, and I have a treadmill, so my hand is up. It's so cute. Um, How many of you are currently using that piece of exercise equipment, keep your hand up, as additional clothing storage? That's the most action it sees. Yeah, most of y'all kept your hands up, right? Right. Mine actually has two wreaths hanging from it right now. When I swapped my summer ones for my fall ones, it's, it's very pretty. So let me ask you this. Why do we do that? Why did we buy the piece of exercise equipment if I was just going to decorate it with my wardrobe? Why do I do that? I did it because I believe that that treadmill is going to help me get healthier. Right? That's the belief. I believe that treadmill is going to help me live a healthier lifestyle. But here's the kicker. My belief in its ability to do that does nothing for me unless I get on it. Does absolutely nothing. So y'all just heard Pastor Scott give a great word about fellowship, about how important it is, about how who we're in proximity with can change us and change our lives. And I'll bet that you all out here are going, yeah, yep, I buy that. I believe that that is true. Can I challenge you, friends, I'm thrilled that you believe that. I would love it if you did something with it because that's what's going to change your life. And today is your opportunity to do that. What I'd love for you to do right now is go ahead and take out this handout that you all received when you came in. And in there, if you take a look, are all the groups that are open and available to you today. We have all the tents and tables out there. 
and the group leaders of these groups are all here this morning and they cannot wait to meet you. In fact, if you're a GT group leader who is participating in Group Link, you can go ahead out to your table a while and get ready to meet everyone. And can we give our group leaders a round of applause? They are so crucial to our ministry here at GT. We could not do what we do without them. We could not. So what I want you to do is take a look at this. See what groups are available. You're going to be able to go out there, meet the leaders, ask them questions. And then when you're ready, for today only, you are going to be able to text to join a group. So what I'd love for you to do now is just take a second and pull out your phone and you can enter this phone number into your contacts under GT Connect. That way when you get to the table and you're ready to text to join, you've already got the number in there and you're ready to go. There's specific instructions at each table. The group leaders are there. They're going to help walk you through it so you don't need to sweat that. They will help you with all of it. I want to just talk for a minute. I know Pastor Scott talked about the couples class. Um, and I know that there are some of you in here going, okay, if I sign up for a GT group today, is this like the rest of my life? No, these do not last for the rest of your life. But if you would like to get a taste and do a short-term GT group, we do have a couple of those for you that I want to point out. So if you look in here under classes and core groups, there's the couples class, and then there's our follow and starting point groups. Follow is an eight-week group, and in that, we're going to be talking about the seven attributes of a fully devoted follower of Jesus as they're described in Pastor Brian's book, Follow. Now, here's what we mean by that. It can be really easy to be a good Christian on a Sunday, right? Because we're in proximity. Long about Thursday, it starts getting a little rough, right? On the bypass, particularly, that can be difficult. So we want to talk about tangibly, what does this look like every day to actually live for him throughout our lives? So that's what we'll talk about during eight weeks of follow. The next one is starting point. Starting point is for those of you who maybe aren't even sure what you believe. You are here, but you are just exploring faith. Or maybe you just started your walk with Jesus and you're thinking, man, I have no idea what I just signed myself up for. I do not get this. We believe that church should be the safest place for you to be able to bring your questions and your doubts. And Starting Point is the place for you to be able to do that. That is also an eight-week group that meets here at GT on Wednesday nights. So those are two of the eight-week shorter-term groups that you can check out. All right. So now's your moment. I'm going to get ready to pray and dismiss you all in just a minute. In fact, we're going to end early so that you have time to go check out our groups before you have to get your kids and kids ministry. But before I do that, I just want to tell you one more time, don't miss this opportunity. Don't miss this opportunity to get in proximity with people who are going to draw you closer to the Lord and not push you farther away. All right, let's pray. Lord, I am so thankful for each and every person in this room this morning, each and every person watching online. And Lord, I believe you drew them here this morning for a reason. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to them now, Lord, that you would guide them, direct them, Lord, and that they, you, you would give them the courage to walk in the direction that you are calling them, God. I lift up each and every one of our groups, Lord, and I pray that they would all be safe places where people can go and grow in their relationship with you, Lord, and with each other. 
And I lift up our group leaders. I pray that you would anoint them, equip them to do the work that you have called them to do, to create these environments, Lord, where we can get to know you more. I thank you, Lord, that you know exactly who's going to go in what group, and you have already planned it. And so now, Lord, I pray that you would just give us the faith to step out, to get on that treadmill and do something with what we believe today. We love you, Lord. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a great week, guys.